0: We're not going to hit every issue that's been posted on websites and is in the news. We're not pirates here. We're thinkers, right? But we are going to hit some big issues. Well, ladies and gentlemen, they're pulling the mentally ill card out again from the bottom of the deck. They pulled this about a year, year and a half ago, as all the networks kept pushing the issue of whether the president was mentally unhinged mentally sick, unwell. Exactly what they did to Barry Goldwater in 1964. They did some of this to Ronald Reagan when he was President of the United States. But of course their attacks on Trump are like nothing we've ever seen. Period. When you have columnists and hosts and guests specifically picked to push this narrative, These people are doing enormous damage to this country, and they're doing enormous damage to the standing of this country, and they're doing it while the President of the United States is at this G7 meeting, while he's staring down Communist China, while he's staring down Fascist Russia. This is what our media are doing, and not just one person in the media— because that's not the way the American media functions. We don't have, for the most part, independent newsrooms with a diverse viewpoint or a standard that is the pursuit of objective truth. Now, this is going to be a little painful for some of you, but we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to put this out there, and then we need to address it. Dr. Bandy Lee is back. Who violated her ethics responsibilities as a psychiatrist? Because the uh, the profession has denounced, since Barry Goldwater, the Goldwater Rule. This kind of politicization of psychiatry and psychology. And you have Brian Stelter, Helter Stelter, who's one of the biggest low lives in the media today, and there are many of them. There are many of them. But I blame, you see, the executives in charge of these newsrooms, and I blame the companies that own these newsrooms for tolerating this. If I had ever gone on television, Fox, or any other network for that matter, and I said that Barack Obama was mentally ill, power-hungry, a narcissist, an egomaniac, and hence mentally ill, unhinged, we need to look at the 25th Amendment, I would have been banned. I would have been banned. But this is the daily claptrap that we hear. Now, there's a guy by the name of Brett Stevens. He writes in the New York Times. He was pushed out of the Wall Street Journal. He's an absolute reprobate. Slime ball. behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. He's one of their uh, bought-and-paid-for so-called conservatives over there at the New York Slimes. And he, he's a never-Trumper, which is exactly why he works for the New York Slimes. And by the way, Hour 2, you're going to love Hour 1, but you're going to love Hour 2. Stay with me, folks. So here is what Brett Stevens had to say. Now he's on Meet the Depressed with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd chose Brett Stevens because he knew what Brett Stevens would say. Brett Stevens is poisonous. Whether it's on social media, whether it's in his columns for the most part, whether it's as a guest. So, Chuck Todd knows exactly what Brett Stevens is going to say about the President of the United States on NBC News Station, on Meet the Depressed, while the President of the United States is overseas cut 5 go
2: the real issue for for republicans is simply to
0: and i always love it when they tell us what the real issue is for republicans all republicans must agree with brett stevens all republicans why don't you rise up and get rid of your president what
2: where's all the republicans go ahead the fact that the president does not stand in any way for the traditional conservative economic principles that have defined the party for the better part of the last... Well,
0: let's just hold off right there. Did John McCain? When he ran for president? He was a big spending liberal Republican. Mitt Romney? Either the Bushes? The only two in the last century, I would argue, would have been Reagan and Coolidge. Reagan and Coolidge. From an economic perspective, Donald Trump has actually been f- fairly much a traditionalist, cutting taxes, cutting regulations, spending a lot of money. Unfortunately, this is what Republicans do now. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. And of course, we criticize all that here, but so be it. And tariffs. And this issue is apparently too complicated for Brett Stevens. If he were to say, I understand the tariffs with China, I understand what he's trying to do with China, I understand the battle with China, makes a lot of sense from a conservative as well as a, 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 an overall American perspective, but I'm not sure about the tariffs with our ally, that's fine, but he doesn't say that.
2: It even gets worse. Go ahead. They don't even stand. Never mind the economic principles, broader principles of character. I mean, what what we saw over the last few days is broader the president...
0: principles of character. Has the president done something while he's in office that shows a lack of character? He's left all the interns alone. You want to see one of the most sleaziest human beings to ever be in the Oval Office? You read about Lyndon Johnson. You want to see, and I hate to say it, but I must, one of the sleaziest people to ever be in the Oval Office, you read about John Kennedy. And we know all about Bill Clinton. We all know about Ted Kennedy. And we can go on and on about members of Congress and members of the media and the Me Too movement and how they they blew out morning shows and hosts. Charlie Rose is gone and Matt Lauer is gone. Mark Halpern has gone, but coming back, we can go all down the... Did Donald Trump do something, since he's been elected president anyway, that has shown a lack of character? I can't think of a single thing. Go ahead.
2: Who is either mentally unwell or morally unfit. Maybe both. I don't so know.
0: here we have a guy who declares the president is mentally unwell or morally unfit. And he's giving a national news platform on a show that Tim Russert and Jolie Spivak used to be the anchors of, and now you have this, this truly loathsome child and liberal Democrat activist, Chuck Todd. And you bring on this Brett Stevens, he contributes nothing to the national dialogue, nothing of substance. He never has substance. In fact, he's a columnist without substance. He's an attack dog. And so they bring him on to be an attack dog. Go ahead.
2: But it's important to simply call these things as we uh, um, as we see them. You, you, you have behavior that is is unprecedented in any kind of uh, presidential history in the United States or, 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 or frankly elsewhere.
0: Are you out of your mind such as it is? Behavior unprecedented in any kind of presidential history? Well, I don't know what that means, any kind of presidential. This guy's supposed to be coherent. He's supposed to be a writer. Any kind of presidential history? You mean in presidential history? In the United States? Or elsewhere? Elsewhere? In any part of the rest of the world? Now, this this is a guy who's writes for the New York Times and does the Sunday shows. He's an absolute lowlife and a buffoon. And then we move to Brian Stelter on CNN. Brian Stelter is a full-time employee at CNN, which is owned by AT&T. Many of you are customers AT&T. Can you think of a single profundity that has ever come out of this man's mouth? Anything particularly informative or educational or newsworthy? He too used to work at the New York Slimes, by the way, before he was in his mother's basement, while he was going to Towson College in Maryland, as I recall. But I want you to listen to this guy.
3: Cut, six, go. Go. The story that's playing out every day on our TV screens and Twitter feeds, he's getting worse. We can all see it. It's happening So we all
0: see it. Now, he knows we all don't see it. Not because we're stupid, because we're smart. He knows there's tens of millions of us who don't see it. We don't work in his newsroom. We don't live in a cloistered, radical left-wing environment. We're not progressives. We don't hate the president. We voted for the president. We want him to succeed. We think he's fighting a hell of a fight. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, we all see it. Now, what do we all see? Go ahead.
3: But it's still a very hard, very sensitive story to cover. I'm talking, of course, about President Trump, about his behavior, about his instability, the contradictions, the lies, the complete rejection of reality.
0: Really? really. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, the New York Times versus Sullivan rule from the Supreme Court must go. It has to go. It is destroying the media in this country. It is allowing demagogues, political demagogues who couldn't get elected dog catcher to weasel into positions in the media, which is largely left-wing and largely controlled by the left. We know that from studies and surveys and polls. To drag our country down. This has no relationship to journalism whatsoever. We're being preached to by the most radical elements in our culture. We're being denounced. We're being smeared. The president is being burdened and undermined every step of the way. As I said, this is an unfree press. This is a, a propaganda machine. That's what it is a one-way propaganda machine. Go ahead.
3: Some prominent figures, including the husband of Trump aide Kellyanne Conway, are pleading with the press.
0: Who cares about the husband of Kellyanne Conway? What does that have to do with anything? That's like the wife of Attorney General Mitchell. Remember her during the New York Times period? The media loved to go to her. Loved to go to her. She was, I think, bipolar or something like that. And they would get quotes from her to embarrass her husband, the attorney general, to embarrass the Nixon administration. That's why they go to George Conway. They don't go to George Conway because he's smart. They certainly don't go to him because he's charismatic. He's a big, fat, stupid slob. And they go to this guy. Whatever he tweets out, they grab. It's like this guy Scaramucci. I never had him on the show. He was always a sleazeball. He's a weird dude. All four feet two inches of the guy. Look how quickly he turned on the president. His ego, ego is so massive. On a dime, just like Scarborough. Look how quickly he and his lovely Mika, look how they turned on the president. But they're all mentally healthy. They've all seen the light. Because they're on the attack against the president of the United States. Go ahead.
3: To take this more seriously... On Friday, George Conway said Trump is decomposing before our... Why, eyes. You
0: say, why quote George Conway? Nobody cares about George Conway. You don't know anything about George Conway. For all I know, he's a mental case. What kind of guy trashes his wife's boss while she's a senior counsel to the boss? What kind of a guy puts his wife in that kind of position? Notice Helter Stelter has no interest in asking that question. How bizarre this man is, this this George Conway. So they quote him. Next thing you know, they'll quote some porn actress. Oh, they did. Next thing you know, they'll quote the porn actress's lawyer, who's got felony charges up the waz. Oh, they do. They do. They'll quote anybody. They'll interview anybody. They'll make infamous anybody. These are the same sickening frauds who tried to destroy Brett Kavanaugh. And I'm not a Brett Kavanaugh fan. But what's fair is fair. Who tried to destroy this man with horror stories, lies about gang rape. With not a scintilla of evidence. None. These unbelievable lies and stories plastered on television and radio day after day on the Senate floor in the Senate committee the media pushing them, pushing them the media serving as as sieves for the leakers I'm not done I'll be right back Mark in. Nationwide, Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's college. I'm going to continue addressing this after the bottom of the hour, but I only have 90 seconds. I want to address something else, and then we'll go back to this. We must never, ever meet with or negotiate with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. You don't sit down and talk to individuals who killed hundreds and hundreds of American soldiers and have paid no price for it whatsoever. You don't sit down and talk to a regime that is busily building nuclear warheads and putting them on ICBMs to reach the continental United States. You don't sit down and talk to a regime which is the number one regime spreading terrorism all over the world and funding it with, among other things, $150 billion given to them by the Chinese, the Russians, and Obama. What is this we don't support regime change? What is it with these code pink Republicans and the influence they seem to have? Why the hell don't we support regime change? We don't have to fire a single bullet and get regime change. These bastards are already on their knees and they're not praying, they're begging behind the scenes. There's tens of millions of people in that country who want to be free. Since when do we not support freedom fighters? I'm appalled and then this French fool brings this this islamo-nazi at the g7 and then there's talk about our president meeting with them the good the true the beautiful think about those concepts for a second what do they mean How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? It starts with the right kind of education. This kind of education used to be common, but has become increasingly rare. It used to be that college students, young people, would study comprehensively a variety of subjects from philosophy to politics to biology. A core curriculum, in other words. Sadly, that's not the case these days. But I can tell you about one place where young people study like this. Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students work hard, spending more than half their time studying the core. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, ready to make a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with that core. The core that develops moral and intellectual virtue. The core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. Find out more about what education is meant to be At LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for
4: Hillsdale.com. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811.
0: I mean, what if I sat here behind this microphone every day and called Nancy Pelosi mentally ill? How long do you think I'd last? Every time she shows these these nervous twitches, she can't complete a sentence. What would happen to call our President Hitler? What if I started calling her Eva Braun? How long do you think I'd last behind this microphone? Oh yes, the mentally ill Eva Braun. How dare you? The same newsrooms that call our President mentally ill Hitler... Or some such thing. Or how about Chuck Schumer? Call our president, Hitler. Maybe I'll call Schumer, Himmler. Oh, you can't do that. No, he's not Himmler. No, no, the president's Hitler, but he's not Himmler. You understand, folks, what I'm talking about here? What they're doing to Trump with this mental illness stuff and the Hitler stuff, what are they doing? They're dehumanizing him. They're trying to dehumanize him. It is a steady, relentless campaign. Trying to dehumanize him, create a narrative, and create a character through character assassination. And they will cobble together miscreants, malcontents, and reprobates who they promote on their channels in order to do so. They will cherry-pick his tweets, cherry-pick statements he makes. They will downplay or not report about his successes. And they will announce at the top of their lungs, you know, difficulties that occur in any administration when you, you need Congress and the courts and so forth and so on. So that's what's going on. They're trying to dehumanize Donald Trump. And it's a very dangerous game. Very dangerous game. They're using propaganda, the big lie, and they're all saying the same thing. I'll talk more about Iran and other things in a moment, but I want to continue here. Continuous stelter from Sunday. Go ahead.
3: What Republicans need to face up to the fact that the president is mentally unstable and psychologically
0: unfit. Now this is amazing. This is a reporter. He's not trained he's never analyzed the president this is really a firing offense, this is really unconscionable, it is beneath contempt the president is mentally unstable and psychologically unfit Brian Stelter, who the hell is Brian Stelter, he's a nobody he's a nobody he's a punk go
3: ahead now, Conway seems to think it's narcissistic personality disorder. But who Other- cares
0: what Conway thinks? He's a slip-and-fall lawyer who's busy stabbing his own wife in the back, who apparently has his own psychological issues or problems. But still, has no problem with that.
3: Go ahead. ...have other concerns. Anthony Scaramucci is out there saying
0: mental breakdown. Anthony Scaramucci was a joke two weeks ago to the lib media, always a joke to me. The mooch. No, he's the moocher. He's a media whore. As is Conway, as are all of them. They're only known because of their brief associations with Trump or people around Trump. Who the hell is Anthony Scaramucci And who the hell gives a damn Nobody And yet they push him out there Like he's a porn star Porn star The lawyer's porn star Conway Scaramucci They're all nobodies And yet they are used To frame a narrative To dehumanize the president of the United States Go ahead what
3: makes them so worried? Well, stuff like this. This summer has been chock full of examples. Trump making racist remarks about Baltimore. He making didn't raci- make
0: racist remarks about Baltimore. You disgusting little... Okay, watch it, Mark. Go ahead. Comments about the squad, repeating ridiculous claims... He didn't claims- make racist comments about the squad. They're anti-Semites who make comments about Jews. Go ahead.
3: Voter fraud. Denying things you can hear with your own ears, like calling Meghan Markle nasty on tape and then claiming he never said it.
0: He didn't call her nasty. He said her comments were nasty. This man is a serial liar. Serial liar. Go ahead.
3: He's been bragging about his visits to hospitals in Dayton and El Paso. He did once mix up Dayton and Toledo, two different cities in Ohio. So
0: what? So what? Joe Biden does that every 15 minutes. You don't call him mentally ill. You don't call him mentally unhinged and unfit for office and psychologically unfit. He's also a career liar. Just like your network filled with career liars.
3: Go ahead. Then there's canceling a planned trip to Denmark over the Greenland dispute. So what? So what? What? Go ahead. Remember back in June, he attacked Nancy
0: Pelosi and Robert Mueller while at a World War II cemetery. He's been retweeting. He didn't attack them at a World War II cemetery. He was asked about them. But you attacked him while he was a World War II ceremony. And you attacked him while he was at the G7. But that doesn't show anybody has a mental issue of any kind. Go ahead. There is about Jeffrey Epstein, the list goes on and on. There was no conspiracy about Jeffrey Epstein. He was mocking the Clintons, tongue-in-cheek. I just disputed every damn thing this guy raised. Go ahead.
3: This is necessary in order to cover the big picture of what's going on.
0: Yes, thanks, Brian. I have my own... uh, Swords crossed with this this guy. He's a liar. He's as dishonest as they get. As dishonest as they get. It was about the uh, the story I broke, which started the uh, the entire domino of events related to uh, espionage against the Trump campaign, if you'll recall. And they tried to kill that story right at birth when I when I was breaking it by simply adding together the puzzle pieces that were in the public. Square. And this guy was among the most aggressive attack dogs. Even to this day, he lies about what took place. Let's go to cut seven. Go.
3: Why does he lie so often? Is there a method to the madness?
0: Or is something wrong? See, listen Listen to this. How... You know, again, I'm old enough to remember that there is no way a guy like this would be on television. There's no way. Any newsroom had its own survival and self-respect and respect for them, which was sort of a quasi-profession. Of course, now it's not a profession at all. That they would never, ever allow a, a clown like this to perform on their news platform. There's no way.
3: And yet he's one of several. Go ahead. Is he suffering from some sort of illness? See, it's questions, questions, and then just more questions. No satisfying answers. Mr.
0: so will you invite Brian Stelter on this program? Tell him I want to debate this with him on this program. And tell him Mark said, like a man, come on the program. No, Mark should come on my TV show. I said, come on this program. It's a long-format program. And let's... Let's go nose to nose. Let's do it. He won't do it. I hope he does. But he won't. Then they bring in this Dr. Bandy Lee. They bring her back from Yale. She wrote a book with a bunch of other uh, kooks accusing the president of all kinds of horrific things. The man had just gotten elected. They obviously are leftists and in my view she should be uh, removed from her profession these professions are destroying themselves but Brian Stelter brings her on because he wants to resuscitate this issue in violation of the Goldwater Rule and the media should be ashamed of itself but it's never going to be because the media has no intention of being held to any standards it's pushing its agenda go ahead
3: you have been trying to sound an alarm for the past two years about the president's fitness. Has the press been listening to what you and your colleagues have been saying?
0: Now, listen—is that a question? Is that the most idiotic presentation you ever heard? Ever heard? You know, Brian Stelter—I'll say he's the Walter Durante of our day. Now, there's many of them; they all ought to get the Walter Duranty Award. But he's a Walter Durante. Now those of you who have read freedom of the Press, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's a liar. He's a propagandist. He's a mouthpiece for the state. Well, a state mark is Donald Trump. No, he's not. Trump is an outsider who will be serving the presidency one or two terms. Temporary. But Brian Stelter is a mouthpiece for the permanent state. They all are. That's their friends, that's their buddies, that's their agenda, that's their principles. But to ask a question like this, after having cherry-picked the guest, this is not news. It's not even close to news. It's not even honest opinion. Go ahead.
5: Um...
3: Not at all. Um, I feel that the press has actively tried to shun us, uh, especially the New York Times editorial that seems to have been published in collaboration with a past APA president. Hmm. And I'm, I've been very concerned about the fact that the American Psychiatric Association has been working uh, as pretty much as an agent of the state uh, to monitor. So tr- no, no,
0: no, 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 no. No, no, the, the APA has had a rule in place for over half a century admonishing kooks like this. That you're not to politicize the (coughs) the issue of psychiatry and you're not to allow yourself to be politicized. But look who's politicizing. It's stelter in the media. Stelter in the media. Go ahead. I'm talking about this issue? Yes,
3: I'm speaking of the new... uh what many of us have started to call
1: a gag rule.
0: Yes, it's a it's a gag rule, you see. No, no. It's called professional ethics. No, no, no. It's a gag rule. I sit up here at Yale. I'm passing judgment on the mental health of the president of the United States. As a matter of fact, we had a seminar on this around two years ago. I called in some of the finest, most brilliant psychiatrists and psychologists who agree one hundred percent with me. And we wrote a book. You must remember, Helter Stelter, you had me on your program, repeatedly, as did others. And I said then, the President of the United States is mentally unfit. He's unhinged. Now, they attack Alex Jones, right, for pushing conspiracy theories. He's not the only one. They push. They attack. Well, what's this? What is this? This is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Now, let's try again. Mr. Bedusa. let's see if we can't do- get Dr. Bandy Lee on the program. See if we can get her on the program. When we come back, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. I'll be right back. Mark in. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimis.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Hillsdale.edu. Welcome to Hillsdale. I'm sure Macron likes it. Now, what other regimes in and out of government used uh, psychiatry and psychology, mental illness as a way to round up their dissidents and their minorities? Well, Hitler, Stalin, Mao. You see, Helter Stelter is more in common with those people than he realizes. And so do the rest of the media. They're using the tactics of Hitler, Stalin and Mao, against the President of the United States. Must be something psychologically, must be unbalanced, must be unfit. So they're using the tactics of the fascists and the communists, the genocidal nuts in the media, against the President of the United States. And by the way, they use it against you, you're his supporters. I'm not done with this. We only have a few minutes. I want to continue this. I got a lot more I want to get into. This piece in the New York Times by Ken Vogel and Jeremy Peters. Exactly what I said would happen to cover up their anti-Semite who's deep into the pages. You see, it's the fault of conservatives trying to look into who these journalists are and their backgrounds. And they're chilling free speech. Oh my God! Clowns. And I want to circle back to Iran, too. Because this is a bugaboo of mine. I don't get this. That regime's been in existence a long time, taking Americans hostage, killing American soldiers, trying to get nukes. This isn't your typical regime. These are maniacs. The idea that we would sit down and talk to them about a deal, we don't sit down and talk to Maduro in Venezuela. Has anybody said, let's sit down and talk to Maduro? No. No. Now, that guy needs to be taken out, but quite frankly, he's less of a threat to us than the Iranian regime. Again, he ought to go. Don't get me wrong. I've been talking about Venezuela before most. But this, uh, I don't have the time necessary to play this last clip. And you know me, I don't play clip after clip, but I needed to pull this together from the various sources. So you can see what's going on here. They're taking a page out of Hitler, Stalin, and Mao's playbook and applying against the president of the United States. You know, he's uh, psychologically, you know, it's narcissistic. Uh, I think he's unbalanced. He's unhinged. Uh, mentally, he's not well. Where are the Republicans? He must be removed. must be put in a padded room. We must take him off, off the uh, face of the earth, move him out of the body politic. Uh, He's undermining our greatness. He's undermining the unity of the nation, you know. Trump is the reason. And he lies. And, 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 uh, and fibs. And, and his tweets. It, it's just evidence. It's illustrative of, uh, of the typical syndrome that we use when we try to destroy another human being's character. And Brian Stelter is a mouthpiece. A mouthpiece for these character assassins. More when I return.
1: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Love them
0: number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 So we've established that Helter Skelter, Brian Stelter uh, at the Constipated News Network, CNN and others are using the tactics of the Third Reich the Stalin regime of the Mao regime in raising the issue of mental health, in this case as applies to the President of the United States. And now they are circling back to this, they're making definitive statements that he's unhinged, that he's not mentally well, he's a narcissist, he's a serial liar and so forth and so on. And these are press people, or these are press people who are inviting people on their programs as pseudo-experts or violating their own ethics requirements in their attacks on the President of the United States. So this is a very diabolical effort to dehumanize the President of the United States. And it's working with a significant percentage of the population. Mostly low IQ, mostly emotional, mostly who get information from their one or two sources, and that's it. But it's working. Dr. Alan Francis is the former chairman of psychiatry at Duke University. He was invited on to CNN with Brian Helter Stelter yesterday because Stelter knew how outrageous and over the top this former chair of psychiatry at Duke actually is. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had him on. Now, I want you to listen to this. We're going to move on after this, I mean I could do an entire show on this, but I want you to listen to this. Cut, nine, go.
5: Well, I think that medicalizing politics has three very dire consequences. Hmm. The, the first is that it stigmatizes the mentally ill. I've known thousands of patients, almost all of them, have been well-behaved, well-mannered, good people. Trump so is calling
0: Trump mentally ill stigmatizes the mentally ill. You got that? Now, there's something to this, but the guy has it inside out and upside down. The way the media talk about the mentally ill shows you they have absolutely no compassion whatsoever for the mentally ill. None. They have no compassion for the mentally ill in the least. Now, they wouldn't talk the way that they talk, but they do. And at the top of the list would be Scarborough, Stelter... This fool Stevens, and on and on down the list. Go ahead.
5: Lumping the mentally ill with Trump is a terrible insult to the mentally ill, and they have enough problems and stigma as it is.
0: Now, this guy thought that up before he came on the program. He thought that would be a real headline grabber. He thought he was clever. And he's not. He's not clever. He's not smart. He's a buffoon. Go ahead. Go ahead.
5: The second issue is that calling Trump crazy hides the fact that we're crazy for having elected him, and even crazier for allowing his crazy policies to persist.
0: So, so there's a guy that obviously is enamored with the word crazy. This guy was chair of a, commi- of a department. And, uh, you see, the problem isn't really Trump, it's you. It's you crazy bastards out there who voted for this guy. And now you persist in supporting him. I guess you should be rounded up. Well, he gets close to that. Go ahead.
5: Trump is as destructive a person in this century as Hitler, Stalin, and Mao were in the last century. He may be responsible for many more million deaths than they were. He needs to be contained, but he needs to be contained by attacking his policies, not his person.
0: All right, so Hitler, Stalin, and Mao collectively killed about 100 million people in horrific ways. About 100 million people. They didn't cut this guy's mic off. He wasn't challenged by Brian Stelter. Stelter has come back and said he had a technical problem. No, he didn't have a technical problem. You're a sick little bastard. That's what you are. To bring a guy on like this. To say the things he says. See ladies and gentlemen. There's no limits to what they'll do. No limits whatsoever. Trump is as destructive. A person in this century. As Hitler, Stalin and Mao were. In the last century. He may be responsible. For many more million deaths than they were. This is a. News program. This is a news station. This is a news company that allows this on its airways. Not only allows it, encourages it. You understand? Encourages it. And then they say they're a free press. You know, I don't know where to begin with this. Having written an entire book on it, if you haven't read it, I don't know where to begin with this. But this really is using the tactics of communists and fascists throughout the last century to round up people who would be who be said to be mentally ill, this, that, and other... Except, in this case, you have the media doing it to the President of the United States. Again, to dehumanize him. He's not a human being. He's not a father. He's not a grandfather. He's not a husband. He's not to be taken seriously. He's not a substantive man. He's not an accomplished man. He's a cheat. He inherited everything. It is the systematic attempt systematic attempt at character assassination. And then they quote George Conway and the moocher. Notice they don't quote anymore the porn actress or her lawyer. They moved on from them. They moved on from them. Anyway, I felt I needed to address this in a considerable way because this is this is as bad as it gets. When you're trying to destroy the individual and they could care less what they're doing to his presidency, they could care less what they're doing to the office of the president, they could care less that he's overseas dealing with tyrants and thugs and adversaries. They don't care about this country. They hate your guts. They hate this country, which is why they push the slave narrative. Now, let me swing back into that briefly. Because we're going to be spending years dealing with this now. I have a question for you. First of all, let me make a statement. Was there slavery in America? Yes. In fact, in 1619, where wasn't there slavery? It had to be exported to America. But that said, there was, there was slavery in America. There were slaves in America. But America wasn't founded on slavery. There were slaves in America. America was not founded on slavery. The United States of America didn't even come together as the United States of America until we adopted the Articles of Confederation much after 1619. But that's beside the way. Here's my question to you. If as now the media, now the media and academia, if, as the media say, America was founded in slavery, that that was the core reason for America's founding, then why don't we have slavery today? Why is it in the Declaration of Independence? Why isn't it enshrined forever in the Constitution of the United States? If America was founded in slavery, then why isn't it a slave country today? There are many slave countries today. Most of them are in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. That's my question. Why was there a civil war? If America was founded in slavery, why would we need a civil war? Why would you undo it? Why would Abraham Lincoln reference the Declaration of Independence, our founding document, if America was founded in slavery? Why were there northern states that fought a civil war against slavery if America was founded in slavery? There's a lot of questions to be asked. These are rhetorical to underscore the point. We will continue throughout the course of years in dealing with this. But you see, this is the New York Times. The New York Times. And when we return, there's a very long article that appeared in the New York Times yesterday and was posted yesterday afternoon. And the title of this article, Trump allies target journalists over coverage deemed hostile to the White House. But first, before we take a break, I want to play for you, not as other hosts do the, see, I predicted, I told you. No, no, no. To continue in making a coherent argument. I want to play for you. What I said to you on Friday when I said, why hasn't this guy who talked about the crappy Jew year, who is the senior editor for politics, political reporting at the New York Times, why isn't this guy wright Piersanti, Tom wright Piersanti. Who said outrageously anti-Semitic things, anti-Native American things and so forth. Why isn't he fired? Why is he still there? Why aren't we hearing about him? And I said to you, I'm speculated because they're going to prepare an article for Sunday which has as its purpose to position the newspaper and protect this man. Here's what I said exactly on Friday. Cut one, go. Remember that senior editor yesterday? Exposed by Matt Boyle over there at Breitbart. Who wrote all those anti-Semitic things on his Twitter account a few years back. Senior editor in charge of their political reporting. Now why are they calling Trump an anti-Semite? They must be looking in the mirror. Well, what has the New York Times done to this man? 36 hours later, nothing. So let me tell you what I think the New York Times is doing. I think the New York Times is going to let a little more time pass. The weekend's here maybe in its Sunday edition. We'll do a story on their own reporter. What do you think about that, Mr. Producer? They're going to do a story, I already hear, tell you the truth that they're kind of checking around, but I think they're going to do a full-blown story on their own reporter so they can position themselves in the narrative. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? And then either suspend him or fire him, demote him, something. Because they need to save face again on the 470,000th example of their anti-Semitism. Now I'm back live. Now they haven't done that yet. They might. But they haven't done it yet. So what did they do, the New York Times, on Sunday? They wrote a long piece. Trump allies target journalists over coverage deemed hostile to So, in other words, this guy's background was revealed by studious citizen journalists digging and finding it. And they frame it as an attack on the media in defense of Trump. That there's some kind of coordination going on in the shadows. There's a conspiracy, in other words... They've turned it into an attack on the media. While this anti-Semite still apparently has the same job. Now I want to break this down when we return. There's two authors, Kenneth Vogel and Jeremy Peters. I don't know Jeremy Peters personally. Kenneth Vogel and I have again crossed swords from time to time. I know that he's a sleazeball. Absolute sleazeball. ball allegations he's made against other people allegations he's made against me he pretends to be a journalist he's a leftist and he's sleazeball and he's deceitful i'll be right back
1: much love
0: 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's L E V I N dot com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. So this is a long piece in the New York Times. I have three minutes this segment. We'll carry it over to some extent after the bottom. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but that's part of the tactic, isn't it? Bury the anti-Semite. Make people slog through this long piece. Which they use as an attack on Trump and his supporters. Not too clever, really. That's pretty much the M.O. Says a loose network of conservative operatives. So a loose network of conservative. Think of that part of the sentence. So it's not a network at all. Allied with the White House. In other words, who support the president is pursuing what they say will be an aggressive operation to discredit news organizations deemed hostile to President Trump by publicizing damaging information about journalists. That's not what's going on here. You have citizen journalists now, just like you boys, Ken. You take sides. That's why you're at the New York Times. You're an ideological progressive. You know damn well you are. I know damn well you are. We know the newspaper you work for. It's got a long, sorry, pathetic, sickening history. They chose you and you chose them. And you were leftists long before you worked at the New York Times. The difference is these citizen journalists, they're not bought and paid for. They're not bought and paid for. They're more like patriot journalists uh, journalists, of the the founding period. And no, I don't mean 1619. I mean the early 1700s and beyond. It is the latest step in a long-running effort by Mr. Trump and his allies to undercut the influence of legitimate news reporting. Now, this is remarkable. How they position themselves and describe and characterize themselves. Again, that's why it's so damn important that you read on Freedom of the Press. I'm not kidding. You'll know all the reasons why this is a joke. Four people familiar with the operation described how it works asserting that it has compiled dossiers of potentially embarrassing social media posts and other public statements by hundreds of people who work at some of the country's most prominent news organizations. Now let me stop there. Before one of these people is hired by a news organization, which is supposed to be a business, shouldn't they look at what they've been posting? Is the New York Times saying it never looked at the posts of their senior editor for political reporting? What kind of a news organization is it? What kind of investigative operation do they have? What kind of a human resources department do they have? Are you telling me they didn't look at the social media posts, which almost every employer does now, before they hired them? And they're offended that other people do because it's part of a public record? Is this a great offense or something? All right, I got more. I'll be right back. you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Filter Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables. So let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to brickhouselevin.com, brickhouse, L E V I N.com, offer code Levin. Right
4: versus left is
1: right versus wrong. Call
0: Market 877 381. Three eight one one you see, uh, we're on to these these writers now, these ideologues, and in order to have a truly free press in this nation, they need to be exposed from my perspective, which is why I wrote on freedom of the press, and I have a couple of pages, significant pages talking about uh, political relationships in and out of various democrat administrations, various reporters. And their family members. And so what Kenneth Vogel and his partner here are trying to do is make it foreboding uh, that you're not supposed to talk about that because that's an attack on the free press. No, it's not. Not in the least. Not in the least. These are corporate hacks. Vogel used to work for Politico, a left-wing website. Vogel now works for the New York Times, a left-wing newspaper. Nobody's saying he can't work there. Nobody's saying he can't write there. Nobody's stopping him from expressing himself, from reporting what he wants to report. But more information is being provided so the American people know who these people are. If that's the project, I'm all for it in this loosely connected network, you see. What's wrong with that? Now, Kenneth Vogel has never written a piece defending the Fox News channel when it comes under attack from Democrats and others. He's never written a piece condemning media matters. And yet he might as well work for Media Matters. More when I return. To me this is very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. I think to you as well. Because apparently the New York Times is not going to fire this anti-Semite. Maybe it will. But it's now attacking the people who found out what he had said. It's like Joy Reid over there at MSNBC. The left has no problem at all making up things about Brett Kavanaugh, making up things about Donald Trump, making up things about Barry Goldwater, and on and on and on, making up things about Clarence Thomas. They have no problem with that. But when you do a search and people have actually posted things in their own words, now that's an aggressive operation intended to discredit news organizations. No, it isn't. News organizations discredit themselves by hiring these reprobates. Including Kenneth Vogel. You can go ahead and Google his background. What is it? What is it, Ken? You think you're immune? Reporters have never been immune from scrutiny. From the public. Look at the ego. The massive ego this guy has. You know, Congress may be out of session. It doesn't mean politicians and bureaucrats have stopped plotting ways to increase government's control over our health care system. HHS is busy pushing international price controls, meaning they'll only buy the medicines from those on Medicare that are as cheap as ones in Europe. But guess what? They're cheap because Europe's socialist countries aren't willing to pay for the latest and greatest medicines. And over in the Senate, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley said in an interview that Senate staffers had set the stage with House Democrats to negotiate a prescription drug bill that puts price controls in Medicare Part D. So now Grassley is buckled. So filled with socialist ideas, the bill would be a major step in making us look more like the European countries uh, that Democrats idolize, despite the fact that they're rationing care, restricting access to needed treatments. Plus, these arbitrary price controls would eliminate investment for the next breakthrough treatments. Now, Mitch McConnell needs to stand up for sound-principled healthcare reform and not fall for a Democrat trap towards socialized medicine and a government-run healthcare system. This nonsense needs to stop. It'll only stop when you get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com, that's truehealthcarefacts.com. Let me get back to Vogel and Peters of the New York Times. Vogel, obviously, is the lead. That's why his name is first. And this is the kind of slash and burn he's good at. But I'm exposing him for the fraud that he is. Operatives, he says, closely examined more than a decade's worth of public posts and statements by journalists. The people familiar with the operations said, only a fraction of what the network claims to have uncovered has been made public, the people said, with more to be disclosed as the 2020 election heats up. The research is said to extend to members of journalists' families who are active in politics, as well as liberal activists and other political opponents of the president. Isn't that what journalists do? They look at the tree and follow the different branches and out to the twigs? It's not possible to independently assess the claims about the quantity or potential significance of the material the pro-Trump network has assembled. Some involved in the operation have histories of bluster and exaggeration. Those willing to describe its techniques and goals may be trying to intimidate journalists or their employers. First of all, this can't be the brightest group in this loose network of conservative operatives. If they're talking to the New York slimes, that's number one. Number two, this paragraph is full of ambiguities. It's incoherent. But the material publicized so far, while in some cases stripped of context or presented in misleading ways, has proved authentic, and much of it has been professionally harmful to its targets. Stripped of context or presented in misleading ways. How so? How so? That is a, a conclusion. It's clear from the cases to date that among the central players in the operation is Arthur Schwartz, a combative 47-year-old conservative consultant who is a friend and informal advisor to Donald Trump Jr., the president's eldest son. Mr. Schwartz has worked with some of the right's most aggressive operatives, including former Trump advisor Stephen Bannon. So what? The proof is in the pudding. So What? The information unearthed by the operation. Now, see, they've got it. It's the operation. They gave it a name. It's the operation. The information unearthed by the operation. Let me be clear again. This is information that was provided by the individuals publicly on Twitter or Facebook or some other public social site that somebody's going back and looking at which is exactly what Ken Vogel does when he's going after somebody. The difference is he wraps himself in the First Amendment and is immune from the response of his targets. That's all. The White House press office said that neither the president nor anyone in the White House was involved in or aware of the operation and that neither the White House nor the RNC was involved in funding it. So it's not a network connected to the President of the United States, there can actually, hey, Kenny, let me tell you something, there can actually be people who like the President, who support the President, or who simply despise you, and people like you and the Democrats, who've undertaken this on their own. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to do. The Trump campaign said it was unaware of and not involved in the effort, but suggested it served a worthy purpose. We know nothing about this, but it's clear the media has a lot of work to do to clean up its own house, said Tim Murtaugh, the campaign's communications director. campaign is consistent with Mr. Trump's long-running effort to delegitimize. So, so even though, on the record, they say we have nothing to do with this, Mr. Vogel et al. insist that they do at least... In the abstract. Because the campaign is consistent with Trump's long-running effort to delegitimize critical reporting. You know, like Russia collusion. And now racism. And brand the news media as the enemy of the people. This is an op-ed, folks. This is not a news story. But where, where's the anti semite When are we going to get to the senior editor... For politics at the New York Times, a very senior post, where is he? I haven't gotten to him yet. Told you. They're going to bury it, like they did the Holocaust. Journalism, he said in a tweet last week, is nothing more than an evil propaganda machine for the Democrat Party. Hey, who stole that from me, Mr. Producer? Somebody stole that from me. And by the way, Ken, I'm not working with President Trump when I wrote my book or Donnie Jr., or anybody. I wrote it all by myself. I didn't even need a co-writer like you needed a co-writer for your article. The operation has compiled social media posts from Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and stored images of the posts that can be publicized, even if the user deletes them, said people familiar with the effort. They're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, And they can be stored. Everybody knows that. There's nothing unusual. But they're targeting us. They're targeting you. They're exposing you. You targeted yourselves, you idiots. One claim that the operation... How many times do they use the word operation in here, Mr. Producer? Like it's some kind of a... It's an operation. It's the operation. Had unearthed potentially fireable information on several hundred people... And then it quotes uh, Sam Nunberg. But using journalistic techniques, here we go, to target journalists and news organizations as retribution for or as a warning not to pursue coverage critical of the president is fundamentally different from the well-established role of the news media in scrutinizing people in positions of power. You're such a fraud, Vogel, at all. Such a fraud, nobody's threatening anybody. Nobody's threatening anybody. So you're threatening somebody if you find a tweet or a Facebook post a few years back that exposes them for who they truly are? This is called transparency in every single other business, especially in politics. This is scrutiny. It's okay. You'll still be able to write your crap. Don't worry about it. And no, it's not a threat. How is it a threat? Unless somebody has written something that is awful. If it's clearly retaliatory, it's clearly an attack, it's clearly not journalism, said Leonard Downey Jr., who was the executive editor of the Post from 1991 to 2008. Tension between a president and the news media that covers him is nothing new. Mr. Downey added, oh, sure it is barely any of it, with Obama, but an organized, wide-scale political effort to intentionally humiliate journalists and others who work for the media outlets is... is what? And then, of course, they have to bring up Spiro Agnew. It's one thing for Spiro Agnew to call everyone in the press n- nattering nabobs of negativism, referring to the former Veep's famous critique of how journalists covered Nixon... And another thing, to investigate individuals in order to embarrass them publicly and jeopardize their employment. Oh, really? Well, I want to know if the senior editor writing about politics for the Washington Post is an anti-Semite. Don't you, ladies and gentlemen? Sure you do. Why wouldn't that be relevant? Why shouldn't we know that information? And why hasn't the Washington Post company done a better job of vetting their journalists... All this is, is them circling the wagons, not around freedom of the press, not around the First Amendment, but around their own imperfections, and in some case, worse. A.G. Sulzberger, inbred, publisher of the Times, said in a statement, such tactics were taking the president's campaign against the free press to a new level. It's not the president's campaign, but it's coming from the head of the New York Times. He's never going to get his facts right. They think the country began in 1619. No, the New York Times began with the Holocaust as far as I'm concerned and the reverberations from that. They're seeking to harass and embarrass anyone affiliated with the leading news organizations that are asking tough questions and bringing uncomfortable truths to them. Now remember how this started. Remember how this started. The New York Times hired a guy... Obviously didn't vet them, or they did and they liked them. Their political editor, with years-long history of anti-Semitic and racist comments on the Twitter page, Breitbart in- investigated Matt Doyle and he found it. I was going to say crappy Jew year, but one of my resolutions is to be less anti-Semitic, right, this guy, wrote this guy Tom Wright Piersanti. So happy Jew year, you Jews. Why haven't we gotten to him yet? I'm, I mean, this is. I'm, I'm slogging through here, Mr. Producer. Then you got to slog more. Attacking the operation. Attacking Trump. Attacking the attack on the free speech in the First Amendment. And then finally, one person involved in the effort said the pro Trump forces, aware ahead of time about the coverage of Ms. Grissom, were prepared to respond early Thursday morning, soon after the profile appeared online. Breitbart News published an article that documented anti-Semitic and racist tweets written a decade ago by Tom Wright Persante, who was in college at the time and has since become editor of the Times' politics desk. The Times said it was reviewing the matter and considered the Post a clear violation of our standards. Apparently not so clear. They haven't done anything. Breitbart's article quoted several people or groups, you know, the Zionist Organization of America, and then the likes of, among others, Mark Levin used it. Oh! Oh! more conspiracy Vogel et al you're a pathetic joke you're a hypocrite you know exactly who you are you know exactly why you're working where you work you know exactly what you've done in the past the American people should know the people who have been hired to present pseudo events and propaganda for the most part And you, Kenneth Vogel, you're among the worst of the worst. You're pathetic. I'll be right back. Mark Lubin. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods But what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseL-E-V-I-N.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Again, I want to strongly, please, encourage you to get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. We do a real autopsy, real examination of the modern mass media today. You can look at the serious reviews of the book. Can look at the five stars on Amazon.com. Look at the comments on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, a friend of mine, a, a, a very brilliant man, saw a copy of it in the uh, Hillsdale College bookstore. Send me a copy. We posted that, but it's everywhere, except those of you who don't have it. And I really would like you to read it and then share it with a family member or a friend. So, its influence will continue to resonate. This is the battle we have. This is our battle. We hope to advance the cause of liberty and a true free press. You can go to Amazon.com right now and grab your copy, it'll be delivered to you in the morning. July and August are when the most burglaries occur. And what's crazy is that one in five homes have home security. That's it. Maybe because most companies don't make it easy. That's why Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down. Simply Safe protects every door, every window, every room with 24/7 professional monitoring. Prices are always fair and honest. Around-the-clock monitoring is only $15 a month. One thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out is their video verification technology. When other home security systems are triggered, a lot of the time police assume it's a false alarm because it is, and the call goes to the bottom of the list. But Simply Safe uses their video verification technology to visually confirm the break-in, allowing police officers to get to the scene 3.5 times faster than with other home security companies. This is it. Cutting-edge technology in every way. Visit simplysafemark.com. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free free free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go right now. Be sure you go to simplysafemark.com so they know that I sent you. That's simplysafemark.com. Com. President of the United States is doing to China what Ronald Reagan did to the Soviet Union that's a good thing but Trump's doing it his way and it's having an enormously good effect from my perspective Asian equities are tanking the Chinese currency is tanking the China Chinese economy is tanking I'll be right back Three eight one one President had a fantastic g seven fantastic he was a world leader, he is a world leader, of course, the media will do whatever it can to to undermine him. We know this, and he actually is trying to exactly where he wants it, and I'm going to get into that in a moment, but something bizarre happened at this g seven Thanks to this lightweight Macron, Macron, with his 27% popularity rating in France, this guy's an appeaser. He is desperately lobbying the president of the United States and the rest of Europe to make nice with Iran. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't an academic issue for we Americans. I was thinking about this today. You realize Iran has killed more American soldiers than any soldiers in Europe, than soldiers in Israel, than soldiers in Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Iran is responsible for killing hundreds, I would argue thousands of American soldiers. And I still remember when they blew up that Marine barracks in Lebanon via Hezbollah and killed, I think it was 183 United States Marines as they slept. They are the the money, the might of Hezbollah, which has about 50,000 terrorists who are involved heavily in the drug trade in this country and in South America to fund their activities in part, is another Islamo-Nazi terrorist organization. And they are tight with all these terrorist organizations. We have men and women who died in Iraq. Iran has effective control over most of that country. Iran has effective control over half of Syria. Iran toppled a duly elected government in Yemen. Is seeking to topple the regime in Saudi Arabia. Iran is seeking nukes. Not to fire Jordan. With ICBMs, Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles. You don't shoot ICBMs at Israel. You shoot ICBMs at the United States. The President of the United States courageously withdrew from the Iran deal, which was a slimy deal, bypassed the treaty clause of the Constitution, the first such nuclear deal that ever did, with the help of Mitch McConnell and Bob Corker and other lowlights, The Democrat Party was fully behind it, including a number of the Jewish members of the House and the Senate, their great hero, Barack Melhouse Benito Obama, and again, I say this as a Jewish person, and I say it as an American. The President of the United States courageously withdrew from that deal. He put sanctions in place. For some reason, he left five waivers on the table that would have been the final nail in the coffin of this regime. Remember, the enemy is the regime, not the population. you got about 20% of the population controlling the other 80%. And also remember, Iranians are not Arabs. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but they're Iranians. They're Persians. They're Persians. They speak Farsi. And prior to the Islamo-Nazis taking over in Tehran. They were a great ally of the United States. But Mark, that Shah of Iran was a dictator. Nothing, nothing compared to what's there now. Nothing. Their economy's tanking. Inflation is through the roof. And yet this Macron invites this guy, the foreign minister foreign minister is a puppet. He's a nothing. But it's the propaganda. They invite him to the G7. And they wanted the president of the United States to meet him. And it almost happened, I understand. But the president said, no, it's not going to happen. they got to get their behavior under control. But if they get their behavior under the control, the president said today, uh, you know, maybe I'll meet with them. If circumstances were correct, I'd certainly agree to that. But in the meantime, they have to be good players. Good players? They're terrorists. They've killed American soldiers. They've killed more American soldiers than they've killed soldiers of any other country other than, say, Iraq and so forth. But... More American soldiers than Israelis, more American soldiers than French, more American soldiers than British, and on and on, and German. I mean, that's somebody's kid, father, brother, sister. They're not going to be good players. They're not going to be have good behavior. They already negotiated their deal. They cheat and they lie. They're not going to submit to any deal with the Yankees. They believe God is telling them what to do. So let me suggest to you something, ladies and gentlemen. You don't sit down with every terrorist regime and make a deal. We're not sitting down with the regime in Venezuela. Nobody even thinks about sitting down with that regime. And that is one genocidal regime in Venezuela. But they're not building ICBMs with nuclear warheads and aiming at the continental United States either. And Iran is. And Iran is. There is no way in hell the President of the United States, in my opinion, should ever sit down with them and have a discussion with them. They have blood on their hands. Those are American soldiers that they slaughtered. American soldiers that they slaughtered. And what if they get nukes? Then what? Then what? I would encourage this administration and the President of the United States to keep on the pressure. No waivers. Tell that little puke from France to get lost. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's not a world leader. He's totally lost that guy. They're going to kick his ass out of office the next chance they get. And Merkel? Merkel destroyed her country. Merkel's no fan of the Trump administration. Europe shouldn't lead us. We need to lead Europe. But I was thinking over the weekend as there were reports that the president might meet with this guy, I said, what the hell is going on here? What the hell's going on here? And I want to thank the president of the United States for refusing to do that and rejecting the pressure. I don't care what Rand Paul thinks. I could care less what the radical libertarians think. They know one thing economics. They don't know foreign policy. And just because you don't side with the radical libertarians and just because you don't side with the code pink republicans doesn't mean you're a radical interventionist who wants war. They all want war. The Iranians want war. They're built for war. They're expanding for war. They want nukes for war. What the hell? Going to sit down with them and negotiate what? Sometimes evil is evil. And I hope the president is just posturing publicly when he says, we're not seeking regime change. Because if we're not, that's a grave mistake. The easiest way to ensure that those bastards don't have long-range, intercontinental ballistic missiles aimed at our cities with nuclear warheads is to change that regime. And we can change that regime without going to war. How do I know? Because if the president will stay the course and stop signing those waivers that regime eventually will collapse of its own weight. You know how I say a republic isn't guaranteed survival in perpetuity? It's true. Can you name one that has? But neither is an Islamic genocidal dictatorship. And if we can use our economic might and our international influence... To choke them off Then we should Then we should For our sake But to sit down and meet with these guys Would be a Historic mistake It's not in the best interest Of the United States of America I'll be right back Mark in. But you know, the president of the United States, with respect to China, deserves an enormous amount of credit. He really does. He really does. I mean, that is a uh, a one man rule right now. Well, gee, gee, Xi, Xi, looks like you're getting your lunch handed to you. And I hope he keeps the pressure on. Keeps the bread. Look, this had to be done. And he knew it from day one. Gets no credit. No credit whatsoever. He knew how to handle China. He gets some kind of deal with Japan. I don't know the specifics. But nobody saw that coming. Gets no credit for that. By the way, 90 miles of new wall has been built. They hope to get almost 400 miles of new wall on the southern border built at the end of the first term of his presidency gets no credit for that remember no help at all from congress no credit for that then you got to hear these uh, these reprobates like brett stevens oh 70 years of conservatism this guy's not that no you're not that you putz you have abandoned all notions of conservatism because of your personal thin-skin fecklessness and your paymaster, the New York Slam. How can this guy, Brett Stevens, who once was, I believe, the editor for the Jerusalem Post, did you know that? Who claims to be proud American, proud Jew, how could he write for a newspaper that all but denied the Holocaust? Can somebody tell me that? This Brett Stevens is a real crackpot. Kurt, Fort Worth, Texas, the great WBAP, go.
4: Mark, I think that what you just said was probably the most astounding uh, truism I've heard in the uh, all day, and that is Brett Stevens is a crackpot, and I, I, that guy is unhinged. Nobody listens to him. <laughs> Disregard that man. But anyways, I was calling about unfreedom un- of the press. I read it. It is good. It is solid. It is an autopsy on our media. And I would I Thank would you. posit, my words, Brian Stelter is a spokesperson for Jeff Zucker. Jeff Zucker. You mean Mother Zucker? Mother Zucker is obviously, unfortunately, you can only conclude, a mouthpiece of the corporation that owns them. And I believe that is AT&T. Is that correct,
0: sir? I, I believe it's AT&T. And you know what? Has CNN ever done a critical story on AT&T? No, they haven't. I, I've never seen one. See, my 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 working theory here is such as it is, is these major conglomerates purchase some of these newsrooms, they may not disagree with them, but they also know we own them and we're not going to be targeted by them.
4: Right. Right. And and also uh, you know, people just intuitively have figured out that it's fake news and fake news is the enemy of the people because if the people can't get informed of pertinent facts. Well, how do you
0: like this New York Times piece where they hide their anti-Semite in a pile of manure, really, a long slog of an article. Then they try and turn the narrative on Trump, who has nothing to do with these operatives, these operatives who are citizen journalists digging up background information on these so-called journalists, and they're finding out shocking information, and then these so-called journalists, oh, you're attacking journalism.
4: Matt Boyle, all he was doing was uncovering the truth. Something yes. in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and a lot of these other crackpots don't seem to be interested
0: Well, in. why shouldn't we know who these reporters are? If they're not anti-Semites, isn't that a good thing? If they're not racist, isn't that a good thing?
4: Once they, once they covered up the Holocaust, and that was an established fact, even by their own internal studies, I quit reading them. I quit listening to anything that any of them have to say. None of them are relevant in Americans' minds, and I'm a Gentile.
0: All right, my friend, and thank you, Kurt. Don't hang up. I mean, do hang up. But thank you, Kurt. God bless you. Greg, Bentendorf, Iowa, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir?
1: How are you doing, Mark? God bless you. You're really a, a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Thank uh, you, sir. It, sa- it year- says it, it says here you're 92?
1: Yes, sir. And I am a Philadelphian.
0: God bless you me too.
1: I know you are. I know you are the Hick and Crick and Oh and, yeah. Uh, the Cradle of Liberty. We were blessed to grow up in that city. Amen. It uh it was remarkable by osmosis at the very least you had to get the feel of what our great republic is.
2: Oh yeah. And now that's right.
1: Here we have these juveniles really who have no comprehension of history who, with their eye, mindless reporting, just mimicking whatever goes, goes out, and this is what you say, and this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Now, what a time. It's actually treasonous, in my mind, for the news media to attack the president while he's in a meeting of such import as he's in now. He's being attacked, and, and in the system of nature... Little bugs don't devour little bugs. They go after big bugs. Mm-hmm. Big bugs don't go after little bugs. They go after bigger bugs. And this is a way of life. And we used to have, in my, my life, we took an allegiance to God Almighty, to the United States of America, and then to ourselves.
0: Greg, let me tell you something. You are terrific. Call anytime you want don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press and I want to salute you, my friend. And God bless you. That's Greg in Iowa, and we'll be right back.
4: Nobody says it better. And Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said because nobody could say it better. Call in now at eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. I am proud that we have this president. I really am.
0: He does things in many ways that are unorthodox, and they need to be done in an orthodox way. You don't have to, you know, agree with everything. I agree with the bulk of it. There's no question about that. Wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose a political side? Well, keep dreaming. In 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary. Now, these big tech companies that restrict the free speech rights of conservatives, well, they're the very same corporations we're trusting to handle our personal data online. I don't want them using my web history or video searches against me, Do you? That's why I use ExpressVPN every time I go online. When I use ExpressVPN, these tech companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity is masked and made anonymous. Plus, ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting 100% of your data to keep you safe from hackers and Internet bad guys. Protect your online activity right now. Find out who you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mark. That's expressvpn.com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. I want to go to my good friend Barbara from Harlem, New York, W E P C Barbara's been with this show from day one. She is a sweetheart. She's got a wonderful daughter as well. Barbara, how are you?
6: I am wonderful, wonderful, and very wonderful since I'm hearing your voice.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. What do you make of all this media stuff?
6: Well, you know, I used to work for a newspaper during the Vietnam War. I was a teletype operator. And I saw the lies that were printed when 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 the people got the newspapers in the morning. And I promised myself, during that time that I would not buy newspapers because I didn't trust them and you saw firsthand. yes, I did. I saw it firsthand at that teletype operator because everything that was happening over there. you know i, I was getting in on the teletype machine, mm-hmm. and when I saw the newspaper in the morning, I said, "Oh my goodness, are they make up stuff
0: mm-hmm. so and how I, do you like how do you like them writing this long piece? In order to cover up yes. their own report, I'm by the way, Barbara. Yes. You have written a beautiful book and I've been meaning yes. to talk to you about it. Tell everyone the name of it. Tell us what's about your what your book's about.
6: Well, it's called Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations. Um, you know, I wrote it from the perspective that black usually equals the Democratic Party. I've exposed some of the group think. Some of the things that go on in the Democratic Party, because I was a faithful attendee of many of those clubs, and um, it just didn't sit well with my personhood. So I wrote a book and exposed that groupthink mentality, I call it the delusional dust that they, they, they spread around in our communities, and it settles on the brains of too many people.
0: Now, when did you decide to abandon the Democrat Party?
6: Oh, that was a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, when Mayor Giuliani was running, I was still a member of the Democratic Club, but I would sneak away and work on his campaign Mm -hmm. because I figured he would be a better mayor for New York City than David Dinkins. And I was right. But I couldn't let my Democratic friends know what I was doing. And, um, you know, I had to cover my face when the press showed up. I did a lot of that. But um, he won. I was invited to um, Gracie Mansion when he had his victory celebration. Mm -hmm. So um, that was quite a while ago. And then another thing that changed my mind about the Democratic Party was O.J. Simpson that was very disturbing to be in the basement of a church i was a member of and people were celebrating that he was not convicted of murdering two people and then i asked the lady who i worship with i said um does it make any difference that um you know this man has killed two people and they were celebrating that these that a black man had gotten away with murder Jeez. So all of these things changed my mind about the Democratic Party because everybody was a Democrat. All of the ministers, with the exception of one, were all Democrats. And they had this mentality, Clinton couldn't do any wrong, you know, and no Democrat could do any wrong. I asked a woman one time in church, I said, so if the devil was a Democrat, I guess you'd vote for him. Because they swore that Clinton was totally innocent of anything anyone could ever say about him. I didn't vote for um, Clinton either time. I never told anybody because, you know, you don't say those things in Harlem. (laughs) So um, that's not the history of my experience of abandoning the party that has forgotten about the, the, the founding of this country. They rebel against it. They rebel against every tradition. They told black people, you don't need a man in the home. Look at how they've decimated our communities. And I'm so proud that I made that choice a long time ago, and I'm so proud to see many blacks and others getting out of that rut and getting free of that delusional dust. That's what my book is about.
0: And the book is, and let's link to it, Mr. Producer, Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations. Now, Barbara... Do you see things getting a little better you, 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 you kind of indicated there that more and more people are seeing the the side of liberty
6: Yes, yes, they are getting better you know I've been meeting. I met a wonderful woman in and when I went to the women uh, uh what was it women for Trump down in the King of Prussia, she has been a conservative she's a black woman has been a conservative. her name is Barbara also, and I've met oh I've met uh, another lady from the walk away. I am so happy to meet these people. For all of these years, I have never been able to link up with blacks who fought like I fought. And this has been so invigorating to me. This is just, I mean, I'm so happy to see this in my lifetime.
0: And your daughter's the same way.
6: Oh, definitely. My daughter has been a conservative. She's the one who turned me on to listening to people like you
5: years and
6: years and years ago she's been doing this and learning she she's smarter than i am you know <laughs> but so she's the one who helped me to really get to know about talk radio and things of that nature and mm-hmm. i couldn't be proud of you know for her to be my daughter and for me to be her mother
0: and i couldn't be prouder for you to be my the book is escaping the racism of low expectations barbara anything else yes. you want to say
6: well yes and and it's on Amazon and other popular you know outlets. But you know what I wanted to say, Mark. Yeah. You know what you you look you're one man who's been in my life longer than even my husband. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I love you, and I really appreciate you explaining things the way you explain them. Well. And it, it, it's you know it's it's taken me to another level. You know even with the Federal Reserve Board and what's going on with that, and how you broke it down Friday. I said, my goodness, you know, you just um, invigorate me. You, for all of these years, you've never well, disappointed me at all.
0: Barbara, thank you. God bless you and your beautiful family. And hope, uh, folks, you'll get your copy of Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations. We're going to link to it on Amazon.com. Uh, that's the best place to get it. You can get it right away overnight. Just link it up with my book. Get them both. If you already have my book, get Barbara's book, Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations. You can hear how beautifully Barbara speaks. I mean, not a misstatement. Every syllable's perfect, Barbara. Just beautiful. And God bless you, my friend.
6: Well, thank you for teaching me how to speak. <laughs> well, I love so, you, darling. God
0: you too. God bless. She is the best wonderful wonderful lady let's continue what do you say tom tom's river new jersey the great wabc actually serious satellite go
1: Great. how you doing good to talk to you thank you my personal feeling is that the uh, the news media the chuck todd's and the leftist politicians are the number one enemy um uh, they're setting the stage for china russia and iran and uh, constantly pounding uh, Donald Trump every day every day it's it's like uh it's like our our enemies abroad have have a uh, an open back door into our country it's 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 really scary it really is um i mean and then you got the you know the clintons with their dealings with russia and feinstein and her chauffeur and all it's just uh it's getting it's just uh, a lot has to be cleaned up well, you know
0: what? It's, it's like our faculty in our major uni- universities and colleges, particularly the Ivy Leagues. The New York Times hires people of absolute like mind. Uh, if you're going to go over there and be a columnist and a conservative, you must trash this president. You must trash Netanyahu. You must trash, trash, trash. Um, and that's the way it works. You think a conservative could be a host? Or least, How about somebody who's neutral could be a host at CNN or MSNBC? No way. Do you think uh, you could get a real honest reporter at the New York Times? No way. So this is what we're dealing with. And so let's not pretend it's a free press. It's an unfree press, the modern media today. And we're the ones who support a free press. We're the ones who who demand on self-policing and standards. And we're the ones who are now looking for alternative news sources and platforms. I love the way this guy Vogel and the rest, because they've all been indoctrinated by the same people, they like to talk about themselves as a profession. They're not a profession. They're not a profession. Was a profession. It's not a profession now. And so you have people working hard just because they don't work for the New York Times or some conglomerate. Doesn't mean they're not capable of doing reporting and so forth. And a lot of us get our information elsewhere. You know, the New York Times will break stories. Some good. We got that. But overall, the problem is it pushes an agenda. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, yes, yes, I was asked. Well, the president met with UN over there in North Korea, DMV, and so forth. So, why shouldn't he meet with her? Because they're two different situations. UN, unfortunately, is the grandson of the original Stalinist communist in North Korea. And uh, he wants to maintain control over his part of the peninsula, which is bad enough. That's not what drives the regime in Tehran. The regime in Tehran has invaded its neighbors. The regime in Tehran is threatening other neighbors. The regime in Tehran is driven by a fanatical, fundamentalist, religious ideology. That makes it utterly different. Now, they're both extraordinarily dangerous. But when you sit down with and talk to a uh, surrogate for the head muckety-muck over there in Iran, uh, they're looking at you as an infidel. They have no intention of entering into any agreement that they're going to comply with because you're not the higher authority. Any deal they make is intended to get them where they want to go, which in the case of this regime is world domination and the forced conversion. Now, you may think this is crazy, but that's what drives them. That's what drives them. So it's. It's a completely different mindset, even though both are very dangerous. That's why you can't sit down and quote-unquote negotiate the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, and you shouldn't sit down with it at all. And we should support regime change. That is, keep the pressure on, tighten the screws, stop at the five waivers, and put an end to this. Just Mark's opinion. Protest, and I'm not a right-winger, I'm not a hawk, and so forth. I bring prudence to this, not ideology. Protesters and citizens in Hong Kong have been rising up against the totalitarian communist regime in Beijing, and I feel sorry for these young people. I see now how they're really being brutalized and beaten. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that you now have regular Chinese military conducting themselves as Hong Kong police so the Chinese military is there. Trust me on this. You've got rabbin anti Semites, a handful of them in Congress, relentlessly attacking this country, Israel, Jewish people, tens of thousands of illegal immigrants seeking to cross our border, tax the resources of our of our country. And what's the biggest story for the uh, for the media? Well, after. Failing on all fronts, it's now a disgusting attempt, obviously, to brand the president and Americans who voted for him as racists. It's exhausting. Where can you go to reinvigorate? Where can you go to get a tune-up every day? Well, go to Levin TV. At Levin TV, you'll get my uncensored and unfiltered takes on the important events of the day that affect you, and give it serious, substantive context. And you're also going to be greatly entertained. So why punish yourselves? Sign up, go to LevinTV.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V dot com, or give us a call, 844 Levin TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-T-V. Now, if you enter promo code LEVIN, you'll also get $10 off your annual subscription. So that's LevinTV.com, promo code Levin, for $10 off your annual subscription. Or call us, we're there now, 844 levintv tv 844-LEVIN-TV, and tell them, code LEVIN, and you'll get 10 bucks off your annual subscription as well. Now, wouldn't that be great? Oh, there it is. I thought I lost my call screen with a few minutes left in the show. All right, let us go to... Uh, Jim, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Quickly, go.
7: Hello, Mark. Thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate it. You got it. it. I just wanted to uh, go to a question regarding the mental state of our Democratic Party leadership since they're questioning the presidents, specifically Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, et al., and any of the 20- They look
0: a little standard. shaky, don't they?
7: they? They do. But a point about them is that they lie incessantly. They lie about issues. They lie about topics. They've lied along many multiple election cycles, some mm-hmm. of the senior statesmen among them. And the point being this, that leaves us with two possibilities. One, they are pathological liars, which is a clinical psychosis, it's diagnosable. Or two, they lie for their own benefit, which is corrupt. Their minds are corruptible and can be bent for their benefit or the benefit of their allies.
0: or three, they're ideologues, and they don't care about truth. They care about ideology.
7: In either case, wouldn't that make them unfit for office?
0: Well, I don't know. I'd have to ask Brian uh, Helterskelter skelter uh, and see what he thinks, because obviously he's now the world's greatest psychiatrist.
7: I'd love to see his credentials. It just
0: He has no credentials. He's a putz.
7: It just makes me want to ask... Some Republican in either House of Congress to grow a spine and pose those questions to the CNNs of the world. All
0: right, my friend Robert, Eureka, California, on the Mark Levin app. Quickly, please go.
7: Yeah, well, uh, thanks for taking my call first.
4: And uh, yes, really shut your door. You. Oh, okay. Uh, or
0: we'll
6: put your it. seatbelt anyway. on something.
4: Yes. <laughs> oh no, I'll close the door. Anyway, no, I was just appalled, totally appalled at how the the. Uh, Democrats are just attacking the president they're, they're bullies,
7: they're total bullies
0: Well how about the yeah. media? The Democrats aren't even around Right now, but they, they have their fill-in I mean, think about that The Democrats are out of Washington, D.C. So the media interview themselves And just unleash the. You know, the media are destroying The media, that's a fact Not the president, the media are Thanks for your call, buddy We salute our armed forces, police officers Firefighters, emergency personnel All law enforcement, thank you You Levinites out there, God bless you. Swing over to Amazon.com. Grab your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It's sitting there for you. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care of yourself.
4: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.